there is so much investment in healthcare right now. What is charge capture? They now have to understand. They have to be involved and they have to be engaged. Hello and welcome to the RevTech RX podcast powered by Streamline. Today, we're at the HFMA annual conference. I'm David Kozlowski. Alongside me today, I have Lawrence Kessler, the SVP of Growth and Partnerships. Good afternoon. Go dogs. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> and uh, next to him is Zach Johnson, the VP of Solutions at Avlead. Hey, welcome. Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And today we're going to be talking about the price transparency mandate and should we care? A little bit of a controversial topic, right? But I, I want to I want to set the scene here. I've got a couple simple questions and then we'll start to deep dive into it. Does that sound good? Good deal. Yeah, awesome. rock and roll. Awesome. All right. So the first thing is, do you believe that today people are actually using the price price transparency? That's a good question. Today, I actually don't think that it's very helpful to patients. Um, I think the, I don't think the spirit of the mandate is matching the reality of it. I think it's being more widely utilized by uh, insurance companies, consulting firms, CMS to gather information. I think that it is an entirely complex system for the patients to truly understand, and it hasn't been simplified enough to make it digestible at the patient level just yet. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is a patient can't digest that information. They get a CPT code or a procedure, and how are they supposed to know where that's going to go? And then with only, I think, right around 50% of hospitals are compliant right now. Yeah. I mean, how would you even be able to tell if they knew it was valuable? Because half of them don't even have anything up right now, which... It, yeah, well, it's, a great, it's a great point. So you said 50%. I actually read an article today, very, very timely, um, that actually has conflicting numbers as to who's compliant, who's not. Okay. So a, a group called Patient Rights said 16% of hospitals as it stands today are compliant. Milliman, another firm out there, said 68% of hospitals are compliant. And then CMS issued a report that said there are only 160 hospitals that are out of compliance. So I guess that begs the question of what is compliance? What is compliance? So yeah. that's, that's why it's not really valuable because I feel like it's just very much disconnected and all over the place right yeah. now. Yeah. The, were you going to say something? No, I was going to say that goes into the compliance part is the yeah. rules are so generic that you could say you're compliant. I'm right. going to say you're not compliant. Yeah. And it's truly what is the definition? Because, I mean, CMS, when they put this rule out, said it should only take 150 hours to become compliant. And that's just not the truth. Where you could do 10 minutes and upload an Excel file and right. be compliant, I guess. But it's, yeah. there's so much gray area in that. The, the overall idea of price transparency, do you believe that it is something that will be eventually or could be helpful to patients in the future? I do. And I think it's something that is necessary to help people understand their, what they owe and their financial obligation. I don't know about you, but I've received many, many phone calls from my parents where they receive something in the mail that clearly states explanation of benefits. This is not a bill. And then my parents call me and they say, we just got this huge bill. I don't understand it. Can you help me? Yeah. Um, and so not just even with that older population, but just today with the consumerism and the ability to shop around, I think it's important. But it, like I said earlier, it's, a, it's an entirely complex system that is going to need to be simplified and make it digestible. And I do think there's a need for it, um, especially as margins get smaller and smaller and hospitals need to make sure that they're able to collect from the patients. Um, it's a huge revenue stream and they can't afford all that money going to bad debt. Sure, sure. And it's really with that, it's complex and the hospitals, the insurance providers, everybody needs to find neutral ground that's beneficial for all of them. Because right now, some of the hospitals don't want to comply because you're going to lose your competitive advantage. Mm -hmm. When you go to the contract with some of the 
insurance providers, they're going to know your prices that other providers are paying you or insurance providers. And really, you know, you're going to lose that where they can see what you're paying with everybody else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but that's not as black and white as it seems either because, right. well, first of all, many places, they don't want to post their negotiated rates. And that's the reason why they opted or opted out or chose to not be compliant. But at the same time, if I'm hospital A, I could post my, my negotiated rates in a spreadsheet but there's a lot more to a managed care contract to interpret. Right. And so it's not as simple as saying like, oh, hospital A down the street gets paid X for an MRI. I only get paid this. So I'm going to go to Blue Cross and tell them they owe me more. It, there's so much more nuance when it gets to a managed care agreement too. And I, I guess that begs the question, are we ever going to get to a point where we have true price transparency? There's a lot of logistics that go into it, right? I mean, Zach, I think we were having a conversation previously about, well, you can post the price, but then like insurance covers X and then there's all these other avenues. Is it possible to really know how much money I'm going to pay when I go into that hospital for a particular procedure? I think it's possible. Uh, I think we're getting taking the right steps. So Price Transparency Act, the health plan transparency rule that goes into effect where insurances and other providers of insurance have to publish their rates with their you know insured group. So I think that we're going to get closer where you know, because unless you know your deductible, you're out of pocket, where you're at, it's going to be really hard to know what you're going to owe for each visit. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we're here at HFMA in Denver and we're in the exhibit hall and there's lots of really, really good organizations here. So I do think it's possible. The technology and healthcare technology, quite frankly, <laughs> is behind other industries. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a lot of innovative and really cool technologies at companies that are here exhibiting. And I think with access and improving the real-time eligibility information, improving the ability to send information to the patient via your mobile device and eliminate having four different bills come to your house, but have it all in one app on your phone and simplify the process. I do think we can get there. I just don't know how long it's going to take. Yeah. And Lawrence, you're talking about it already, but my next question was, I mean, what is the future? If you had to envision this crazy dream, yeah. what does it look like for the patient yeah. and how do they get real price transparency? Yeah, it's a challenge, right? So a lot of, a lot of organizations have implemented patient estimation solutions on their website. Um, but as, as a patient, if I go and, and type in knee surgery or knee replacement, there's going to be, as you mentioned, Zach, a list of codes that don't really, don't really make sense. I'm going to have 15, 20 things to choose from. So we got to simplify that process. And maybe that comes from your referring physician's orders to say, here's exactly the code that or the procedure you're going to have and put those guardrails in there to say this, this uh, estimate is going to be X percent accurate. Uh, but I do think simplifying and explaining the bill to the patient, and we're getting there, right? I think once we get there, um, you know, that's what the future should look like. It's like I said, it's just going to take us a while to get there. Yeah, I totally agree 100%. There's not much to disagree on that. It's really sure. just making that simple. Make it that easy app that yep. you can look on your phone, yeah. break down, explain things. That, what's this insurance adjustment that's on here? What does that mean? What does that pull from my deductible? Those types of things that anybody could pick it up and figure it out. I mean, that's... Yeah. And then it also gives the patient options on how to how to pay what they owe. So I can pay the full balance now if it's a smaller balance, it's something that I can afford. Or if I have a higher deductible and it's like $2,500, $5,000 and I can't afford it in one fell swoop, what are my options to put it on a payment plan? And you could just click a button and it takes you to one of these organizations that do the payment plans or non-recourse loans or whatever the case may be. And you give the patient multiple options to solve that financial burden. Yeah. And there's really incentive for the providers is when people get it on their phones, they pay. Yeah. Yeah. If you get it in the mail, you're probably not going to pay. But if you get a text, say, Hey, you owe 20 bucks. 
oh yeah, I did go to the yeah. doctor last week. You're going to click it. If it's nice and easy, you're going to pay it. So I mean, it, there is benefits to being that transparent and letting them know right away because it's going to you know benefit everybody in the long run. That's right. Hey, pe- people ultimately want to pay their bills. They right? do. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that brings up a question. Uh, should the hospitals care? And there's a bunch of follow-ups yeah. from that. And I want to yeah. kind of touch a little bit on it without getting too, we don't want to call anybody out, but I mean, should the hospital really care about price transparency today with given the fact that, yeah, sure they can get a fine, but is it a beg for forgiveness? We'll wait till we get the fine or? Uh, Zach, you want to start? Sure. I think they care because it's all about patient satisfaction yeah. and making it as easy as possible. I just don't think with everything that's been going on in the last two years, it's been their top priority. Yeah where, you know, they're dealing with staffing issues. They're dealing sure. with COVID. That's you know, call. it's one of those things that they'll get to it when they get to it, like most revenue cycle right. solutions. Yeah. It's yeah, it's at the end, so they'll get to it. But I think it's something that all of them are going to say they care and they do want the best experience for their patient. So I think it's so something. Would you say it's unfair, the fact that the government was saying, hey, we want to do this price transparency, man. You don't get it done. We're going to find you during such a unprecedented time, in a sense. I think it depends on who you ask, where CMS says it's going to take 150 hours. Yeah. I think it's just so gray in the area of what is the requirement. Because if they think it's 150 hours and it's costing some companies, you know, a thousand consulting hours to get there, you know, if you're going to have to pay almost a million dollars in consultants to get there, what's your trade off? I mean, that's pretty close. So, yeah, it's assessing the risk, really, right. right? So the first year of the mandate, we came out 2021. I believe the, I mean, I don't think there were any penalties issued. It was a lot of, you're not in compliance. Please send your uh, remediation plan. How are you going to address this and become compliant? But it was also what the stated penalty was, wasn't necessarily severe enough to say, yeah, I'm going to invest to do this. I'll just take the penalty if they give it. Um, And it wasn't until recently we actually heard CMS issued a million dollar fine to a system in the Southeast. Uh, But my understanding is, you know, they just disregarded the, the notification and just, said, well, we're going to take the fine and we're just going to deal with it. But that's one out of, what, 4,000 hospitals in the United States. Right. Um, I think, like, you know, Zach, like Zach said, you know, hospitals are now in the business of patient satisfaction. Everybody has a choice of where they want to go. So they want to make it easier. But that goes back to your original question. Are, are, the, are the patients really looking at this right. now? So, Do they know? Yeah. Yeah. So once yeah. again, it's, it's going to be educating the patient, letting them know that these tools are out there. Um, and, but the hospitals do care because it allows for them to then take care of that patient liability before service and making sure that it doesn't roll to bad debt or something that's not collectible. Sure. Yeah. I think one thing I, I am curious on, let's take a second to think. We we're talking about a lot of positives, right? Of price transparency. What are the negatives? And, and an example here that I'm thinking about is if you're a hospital and you're a hospital, you have lower prices, am I going to go to you? And then <laughs> does that, does that affect patient care? Does that I mean, what are the repercussions, I guess, of exposing your prices? So my own personal opinion I'm not going to the lowest cost provider when it comes to my healthcare. <laughs> sure, uh, sure. And I think a lot of people probably feel that way. So, you know, for me as a consumer, and maybe I'm a little bit different because I'm in the industry, but I'm going to go look at, you know, people's scores and, and the quality. And I'm going to go to places that I get ref- references and referrals. And I'm not necessarily going to be as cost sensitive um, for a specific procedure as long as I get the outcome that I want. So that, sure. that to me, I think is a big component of it. People, I don't think people are price shopping to find the, the Groupon of healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's no, fair. it's really about exactly what you said, that quality of care. I always think of how is there not a Yelp for physicians yeah. where it's that easy where you can look it up and be like, well, yeah. this person has 2,000 reviews, five stars, but they have you know four dollar signs. Yeah. It's my health. I'm going to want to go to that physician over 
you know, somebody that doesn't have a review like that. So I think it's, you know, getting to that point of then you can shop around and be yeah. like, oh, well, it's just my ankle. I, I just need an x-ray yeah. quick. I think I'm fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take a cheaper option. Right. Like you know? if it yeah. comes to cancer care or cosmetic surgery or something along those lines, you're definitely not going to the low, the low cost <laughs> provider that has one dollar sign and one star, right? Yeah. What, what what would be a negative of this whole position? Is there any like we're we're hearing a lot of upside, but uh, what, if you're the hospital, like what's the negative? I think the negative the negative is you have to give out a lot of information about your organization. Now, as we said, it's not easily interpreted, but your risk is I think I think that I have the best rates in town. And now I'm giving access to a lot of information or Blue Cross or United or these big payers are going to come to you and say, hey, we just benchmark you against everybody else and we're paying you way too much. We need to renegotiate your contracts. So maybe there's going to be a hit there. But quite frankly, they should already know anyway. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just think it's, it's a lot of man hours. It's a and lot of you, effort. When it's you say that, I got to ask. So yeah. other than not, I, I've, I feel like I've seen a lot of companies advertise that there are solutions to make this happen. Is that false statements or is it, is it a combination of solution and man hours or? So I have spoke with many hospitals over the past couple of years that have gone down the path to, they tried to do it themselves and they have day jobs mm-hmm. and they're like, Zach, you said, right. it takes, they said 150 hours, way more than that. It's very complex. Sure. Um, and so they go and look out for outside help. And so some firms have done a really good job of having their methodology in place. They do it, that it checks the box for CMS compliance. They're good to go. Um, so if it were me, if I were a CFO of a hospital, I'm probably not going to task my already stretched too thin team with another project. I'm probably going to go reach outside to a firm that I get uh, that has a good process in place, a referral reference, and I'm probably going to hire them to come do it just to check the box and make sure they update as, uh, as required by the government. Sure, sure, sure. And with that, I mean, there's still not the guarantee that you're going to meet compliance by getting that third-party firm because you might spend money and get that done. And then CMS comes back to your lane and says, well, you were almost compliant. You still need to fix X, Y, and Z. And so then that's a risk for those companies as well, where, you know, that's what goes back to the whole, the requirements need to be very clear of what needs to be, you know, true price transparency. That's right. Um, Yeah. But at the same time, we haven't seen anybody get fined that got notification of being not in compliance and then followed up with well, here's our action plan. Yeah, here's so, what we're trying. Yeah, so as sure. long as it's kind of like, um, good you faith. know, the, the cover-ups are always worth, worse than the crime, right? If you show yeah. good faith, good effort, I think CMS is going to be willing to work with you uh, to make sure that you don't get fined just to get it right. But listen, things change. <laughs> yeah. They change quickly, so you never know what comes next year. If anyone's watching that's a hospital, if you had one pro tip to get started, what would it be? Um, I would le- leverage your network to find out what you've done, right? So... If you get a notification of non-compliance, you know, talk to your network at the HFMAs and the other organizations to say, all right, well, you're compliant. What did you do differently? Because here's what we did. Um, and share those informations. Like we just have a huge network of really smart people with where we are. And so I, I would leverage, I would leverage that group of people to find out what did I do wrong that you did right and try to follow that roadmap. For sure. And you can even go, I mean, look at your competition, go yeah. see what you know they're doing that makes them compliant. It's all on their website because that's part of the part of being compliant and just making sure you have all of that. And I think to go along with that is patient education in that same space is what not only are you compliant, but how are they presenting it? You know, getting that good education documentation outside. Yeah. It's easy and clear. So your billing office isn't getting blown up with questions about this estimate and all these prices and what do they mean for me? Yeah. yeah. Patient educating the patient. 
but also educating your staff. Right. So when you get those phone calls and you have your patient access pre-registration people, they're able to really articulate and explain the how we got to these numbers. Here's your here's your um, deductible. Here's what you've paid to date. Here's the cost of your procedure. Here's what you owe. How would you like to handle your bill today? Right, sure, sure. and then give them options. So yeah. staff education, patient education, um, all all the things, and then also being able to train your customer service staff to really, you know, have that that patient facing soft you know feel. Right, and yeah. it's, it's customer service, man. Yeah, that's great. Any final thoughts about price transparency? We're red. Um, it's been a it's been a lot of work for a lot of people, and it's been very challenging. Um, you know, we deal in a, a, a healthcare is very, very complex, as we have said over and over. And to try and boil it down to price transparency at simplest is not that easy. Yeah. So um, I think we'll get there. There's a lot of really cool, innovative companies that are simplifying the process. Um, but it's been a lot of work. And then right off the heels of that, we have the No Surprises Act, which you know, is a whole other podcast conversation we don't even <laughs> want to get into. Uh, but yeah, just it's one thing after another. So I, I think the focus on the patient satisfaction component, making healthcare easier, more digestible for the patient, the spirit of it is right, but getting it to in practicality is the difficult the difficult notion. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'm in the same, you know, train of thought as yeah. you know, one bite at a time. Yeah. I think it's not a simple answer because it's a complicated problem. Like you said, it's going to be one bite at a time. Next year, we can come back to the same conference and say, where are we now yeah. from where we were last yeah. year? And where's the next step to get you know to where we need to go? Because it's going to be a, you know that eat an elephant one bite at a time until we get to you know somewhere that works for everybody. Yeah. We'll probably have a lot more gray hair and the whole deal <laughs> when we get back here to talk about this in a year. So No, that's fair. I thank you guys so much for your expertise and joining us on the podcast, talking about price transparency. And thank you all so much for listening in. Again, I'm David Kozlowski with the RevTech RX podcast powered by Streamline. Take care.